I thank you that you love us. You love us so uh, astoundingly much. It's incomprehensible to, to understand how much you sacrificed and surrendered on our behalf. But Lord, just knowing a little bit of that makes me want to love you back and to love you well. And so I pray that if nothing else happens this morning, we would at least hear from you a portion of, of, of revelation into how much you love us. Uh, and that as that would grow in us, and we would begin to understand that and trust it, we would be able to give back because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I mean, that song is, I love that line, heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. I wish I had wrote that. Occasionally I have Bible classes and they, they ask questions like, what does the cross mean? I'm going to use that. <laughs> See what they say. <laughs> So I might have to take the class again after that. All right. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditors are coming and they're going to take away my two sons to be his slaves. And Elisha told her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? He says. And she says, Well, I don't have anything. I, I just have a, a jar of oil. He says, okay, go get some empty jars. Go get vessels from your neighbors. Go get empty vessels and don't gather just a few. And so she went and, um, and when you have done this, shut the door behind you and you and your sons, you pour into all those vessels and set the full ones aside. And so when she went from him to shut the door behind her with her sons who brought her the vessels, she poured out her olive oil. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, I don't have another one. And so the oil ceased flowing. And she came, she told the man of God, Elisha, and he said, go sell off the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. This portion of scripture is, is happening at a point in time when Elijah, who is one of the more famous prophets of, of Israel, has has moved on. He's gone to be with the Lord, and Elisha is sort of stepping into his shoes. Elisha with an S H A uh, follows Elijah with a J H J A H, and so the Bible is 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 beginning to tell stories about some of the miracles that are happening through Elisha and how he, he works, how he serves God, and primarily they're showing that he is the the su successor. To Elijah, that look at the power that's on his ministry proves that he's the man of God to follow Elijah. He's the one. Now we used to trust Elijah to be the spokesman for God. Elisha's now the man. And so there's a series of miracles being explained in, in 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Kings 4, and this is just the first of them. So that's part of what's going on. But another a part about what's going on um, is that there's a widow, and this, this widow is in dire need. She's lost her husband. And, um, you know, as in, they didn't really have 401ks, so um, she's really lost her provider. She's lost the, the, the person who was going to take care of her and, and feed her. And not only that, the people that would follow in their father's footsteps, these sons who could then provide for her and her, her, her as she gets on in years, they're, they're about to be taken away. Now, as abhorrent as slavery is to us, and I'm sure it was just as abhorrent to them, it was actually a law that if you owed money back then, they could put indenture you, put you 
uh, and make you a slave, and you paid it back by working it off. And this woman had debt, and they were about to take, the, now her husband's gone, and now they're about to take her other meal ticket, her son's. So it's dev devastating enough to lose a family member, but it's really devastating to be afraid that you won't have enough to eat. And part of what's going on here is the Bible is showing that God does care for people that can't care for themselves. And he loves them. And this miracle happens, this provision happens, and she and her sons are taken care of uh, in their need. I want to reflect on a couple of different things that I saw in it about this topic, a life worth giving, um, and take it in a kind of a, 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 a different nuance, a different direction, a little bit. Um, the first thing I thought about was that, um, you know, serving God, serving the Lord, serving Jesus does not guarantee a problem-free life. If you look at verse 1 in the handout, it said this woman was the wife of, of the sons of the prophets, Okay. Her husband was in ministry. Now, prophets at that time, they were spokesmen of God. They were oracle, what they called oracles of God. In other words, if God had something to say, he was going to say it through this person that he ordained to be his spokesman. And so her husband's one of these prophets, just like Elijah. And, she, you know, history, um, the Bible doesn't say who it is, but history has uh, said that it's, it might be the prophet Obadiah, um, which there's a book in, in the Older Testament written by him. Um, we don't know that for sure, but, but it's clear from the passage that this is not just a woman who casually knew God or maybe even didn't know God, who was just coming to him for help in her hour of, of, of need because, you know, it's uh, now I'm desperate, so i got to go to God. This is somebody who's been serving the Lord their whole life. She had... She had ordered her life around the things of God. She had made God a priority. Her husband and her served. He was in ministry. Can I say that? He was in ministry, basically. He was, he had given it all for God. And now it looks like, well, I lost my husband and your, my sons are about to be taken away from it. And it's like, God, wait a minute. Wait, I don't. I, I, I'm serving you. Aren't you supposed to take care of me? And I know that most of us don't serve God because of what we can get. I meet hundreds and hundreds of people um, in this church who just have a heart for God. They want to serve because they love Him. They want to give back because they understand how much He's given them. And so I know the motivation isn't like to get, but the fact of the matter is there's always a subconscious a level of thought that, hey, um, I'm serving God, so I should be taken care of here. I mean, I shouldn't starve, lose my husband, lose my sons to slavery, and be starving here. And you can see it in her voice. She doesn't come and say, look, my husband's dead. She comes in and she says, your servant's dead. Your servant, my husband. It's like, you know, when the, the two spouses, they come in and say, you know what your child did? Your child. And so she's saying, look, your servant, the one who gave his life for to serve you and to serve God, he's gone. I got nothing. I have nothing left, and they're about to take my sons. This isn't right. It isn't fair. And there's some honest questioning going on. There's, some real, there's a, a struggle with the Lord. You can hear it in her voice. I've been there. I know, I know what that's like. And I don't think God has a problem with some honest questioning. I really don't. I mean, first of all, 
He provides for her. He gives her a miracle. So, so he didn't seem to have a real big problem with it. I mean, I, I know we can't be irreverent or disrespectful to God, but there, is, there are times to say, Lord, I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on here. We gave our lives for you. We served you. We gave everything. All I got left is a little jar of oil. And, and my sons are about to be taken away. And so it's in those places that we have to really wrestle. You know, God, are, are you really taking care of me? I thought I didn't really do this to get blessed, but I didn't think I'd be in this much trouble. I don't get it. Now, the, the flip side of, of that is that it doesn't guarantee us a problem-free life, but it is in the pouring out that oftentimes we'll see the blessing released. Okay? So it's often in the pouring out that we see the increase come. If you look at verse 6, um, she says, bring me another vessel. Her son says, I don't, I don't have any more. And so the oil stopped flowing. There are, you know, and there's a picture here too, because, you know, oil is a, a picture of God's presence, his, pres his spirit, okay, the Holy Spirit. Throughout the Old Testament, it's always... There's always this picture of, you know, if they anointed a king, they poured the, the oil over their head. There's this picture that God's favor, his presence, his blessing, his spirit was uh, symbolized by, by oil. And there's also a picture in the scriptures that says, hey, we are earthen vessels. We are jars of clay. Okay. And we hold this treasure, the treasure being the reflection of God, the spirit of God, the light. The, the glory of God. We hold this treasure in jars of clay. And so you can see in that symbolism that there's a pouring out, the earthen vessel pours out the oil, it's refilled. The empty vessels that have no oil get oil from the one that has. And so I think at times in our lives, God is going to ask us to pour out a part of ourself so that other people can live and be blessed. There will be times that we're asked to sacrifice, and if we don't, let me put it this way, if we do do it, oftentimes that's when we'll see a real release of God's power. Okay? I mean, there, there are times, well, okay, just in the natural, say naturally, this physical body, if I were to get sick and just stay in bed and do nothing, would atrophy. It would begin to waste away, my muscles would get smaller and I would get weaker. And just as that's true in the natural, so it's true in the spirit world. God puts things in us. We all have a jar of oil. Every one of us is a jar of oil. Some of us, we've got a lot of oil to pour out. Some of us, you know, maybe half, some maybe less. I don't know. Everyone's, and none of us know how much oil. I mean, we spend that, we, we pour out our life day by day, drop by drop. We're going to pour it out. And what are we pouring it into? What are we pouring it into? I mean, this, there's this picture that if, if we will pour it into the things of God, there will be increase. There will be an extra flow of God's presence on that thing if we'll give it away. Just like if I work my muscle out. It's going to get stronger. It's going to get stronger. And there's uh, a verse in Luke 6, 38. It says, um, this is in your handout, give 
and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. There's this picture of sort of taking a jar, maybe full of flowers, I'm going to pound it down, shake it around, get it, get it, get it all to, to mash down so there's more room. As we give, there's, it makes room for more giving. Giving begets giving. In the message translation, that same verse is give, give away your life and you'll find a life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. See, giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. So just as it's true that giving, and we're going to talk about giving all summer, giving is not a guarantee of a problem-free free life. It's also true, of the, the principle is also true, that giving is what gives us more power to give. Something is released. Oil flows when we give. And you don't know which choice to give is going to to really release that big flow of oil in your life. We don't know which time we make a decision to pour ourselves into something that God is really going to honor that. There's going to be a real increase. And it's going to affect others. It's going to affect empty vessels that don't have anything because we're willing to pour out a part of ourselves. The last reflection, I'll call it, that I have, um, and this is sort of a continuation, and this is where I'm going to spend the bulk of the time here, is that look, giving often looks like giving in. Um, and I, I put in parentheses surrender there. Uh, oil is a staple back then. It, it's food, okay? Uh, it was used for cooking. If you mix it with flour, you got bread. Uh, it was used for light. It was used for heat. I mean, it was the everything. It was the oil was it. It was gold, okay? So I think it's, it's easy to miss what's going on in the story. She comes to Elisha and she says, I have nothing, okay? My, look, my husband died. He was serving God, and now I have nothing they're about to take my sins away. I don't know what's going to happen. How am I going to even eat? All I've got, enough, just enough oil left to live on for a little while, just maybe a couple of days or something. And I got this oil, and I need you to help me. I need help. And Elisha says, oh, you see, you got a little bit of oil? Perfect. Pour that out. Pour that out. And now I'm sure she's thinking, wait a minute. If you can... If you, can make, if you can make oil, an abundance of oil for me, if you can perform a miracle, if God can, you know, really cares about me and wants to fill up a bunch of jars full of oil for me, um, how about you just do that and bring it by the house later? I'll leave the door unlocked. I'm sure she's not happy about pouring out her last jar of oil. And it, that's easy to miss in the story. There, she was asked to participate in the miracle. She had to do something, and it cost her something. She had to pour out before anything got released. And I think that there, our lives as we journey towards knowing God better and understanding Him and understanding His love and loving back and this, just this whole journey, this whole journey that happens on the time side of eternity, is a series of kind of coming into 
conflict points with God where we have to wrestle. And there, there's, ah, do I really want to pour out my last resource? Look, I've been pouring my life out for the Lord, period. I gave my life in service to God, and now you want my last jar of oil? I don't get it. I don't know if I really want to do that. What if there is nothing else coming back when I pour that out? What happens to me then? Because that's all I have left. And you can almost sense in here, just this is the last thing you, the last provision you have, the last earthly re resource you can rely on. I'm asking you to give that away. Give it up. Give it up and see if I don't take care of you. And I think we'll face decisions like that all the time. I remember my first one. I came to church here in, oh, 13 years ago, I guess. And um, I was, did not know Jesus, did not understand who he was, what the cross meant, never read a Bible, didn't come in with any sort of, no, I, I was, actually came in a mess. I came in um, pretty broken and uh, ugly looking. And, and, but I got here, and I didn't get here for the right motivation. Somebody asked me, and I said, yeah, okay, church, all right, I'll go. If you need to go, I'll go with you. Um, and um, so I came once, and a couple months later, I came again. And then, like, you know, I'd start coming about, oh, twice a month. And that was a big deal for me. That was commitment. And I was saying, oh, okay, two times a month, all right, I'll try to make it. So there's only one service, so if you miss it, there's no 12 o'clock fallback. Um, <laughs> it was 10.30 or whatever it was. I think it was 10.15. 10.15 or that was it. And I was lucky to get here by 11. But I got here. All right, so I'm, the reason I can only come a couple times a month is I got this other commitment that was very important to me. I, I was in a golf club, and, and uh, they, they played you know, every other week, so sometimes three times a month, sometimes twice a month, whatever. And I had, I had paid for this thing in advance, plus all of my friends, everybody I knew, I mean, uh, all, they were all there, you know, so... So that was important to me. And I, here, I mean, I came in, I sensed something. I knew God was here or something. I, I, felt, I felt different. I knew the presence of the Lord was sort of on this thing. I, I just knew I, knew I was supposed to be here, and I felt peace. And, and I, so I'm wrestling with God, God, because I'm, I'm knowing he's going, ah, you should come more often. You should come more often. You're getting, you know. See if I don't bless you. Come on. Come on. Come on. You see what you're sensing? You see what you're feeling when you're here? That's here next week, too, if you skip golf. <laughs> oh, I don't want to give up golf. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. And, you know, God won. He's bigger than me. And he usually wins. Um, but I, can't, I started coming every week. And things began to happen in me. Change began to occur. I began to understand things that I never understood before, spiritual truths and things like that. And I, I, you know, that was only the first wrestling match, the first giving in point, the first surrender point that I had with, with, with Jesus. I've had hundreds since. Some I fight hard. Some I'm like, okay, I know, Lord, if I do this, 
oil is going to flow. I know that what you're asking me to give up, I know that what you're asking me to give into is going to release more of you, so I'm going to do it. Other times it's like, oh, not that. That's my last jar of oil. I can't live without that one. And so there's a series of, of these decisions we'll have to make if we're going to follow Jesus. And, and so to me, giving often looks like giving in. It often looks like giving in. There's a scripture in your handout, 1 Corinthians 6, 12. And it says, all things are lawful for me. All things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will be not brought under the power of any. Basically, it's saying um, everything's permissible, but not everything's beneficial. And to me, now this is because this is where I'm talking about. I'm not talking about rules. I'm not talking about do this because you got to do it or else. Some of us grew up in homes like that. Do that or else. And that's not what this is about. This is, this is about, look, okay, you can do that, but I'm asking you, I'm, I, I'm asking you to, to pour that out because if you do, life will flow. It's like the cross. Life comes from death. And so if you'll die to this one thing, you'll pour out that jar of oil, then life can really flow here. And it's different. Look, it's going to be different for all of us, okay? Golf is not evil, okay? God didn't tell me to give up golf because golf is a sin or it's bad, right? It was, he only asked me to get to church. He's saying, look, if you'll, if you'll make me a priority in this one area of your life, if you'll just come to church, then things are going to happen. Oil is going to flow. And for me, it, that, was my, that was my decision point. It's not yours. That was that was mine. That's what I had to wrestle with. All of us will have something like that over and over again that God may be asking us to give up, to pour out so that more oil can flow. And as I said earlier, you do not know which one. You never know which decision you, you seed on. You never know which choice you make to surrender to God that's going to just pour out the blessing that gives a lifetime of abundance and fills every empty jar in the room. You just don't know. And so it's, it's, a, it's a wrestling point. It's a struggling point. Paul put it like this. He said, you know, in Philippians 3, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite now value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I discarded everything, counting it as garbage so that I could gain Christ. In other words, he began to order his life in such a way and pour it out in such a way that his decisions were always based on surrendering to God. I, okay, here's what I used to value. This is what was important to me. This is how I used to live. All of a sudden, boom, that stuff is no longer valuable to me. And so now when I get to, he, see, he understood the principle. He had faced this principle enough times. He had faced these choices enough times to know that when he began to discard the things that God asked him to, the things that got in the way, the, the, the things that he used to count as valuable, the things that he thought life was made of, when he just threw them away like garbage, more oil flowed. 
the blessing of the Lord flowed. So this summer, you know, we're going to have um, lots of different speakers. And lots, I don't know what they're all going to talk about. Some of them may talk about the generosity portion. Some of them may talk about the service portion. Some of them may talk about the commitment portion. Maybe some of us uh, will be challenged in our, our giving of our time. Some of us might be challenged in giving service. Some of us might be challenged in giving fiscally. Some of us might get challenged just to give a piece of our heart away. Isn't that what happened when God was saying, give up golf on Sunday morning because I, I just want you to make a choice for me where you choose me, your heart's for me on Sunday morning. And he didn't ask me to give up golf forever. He just asked me to just choose him on Sunday morning. And maybe God's saying to one of us, can you just make a choice for me at least on Sunday morning? Or maybe it's the next step, Sunday morning and plus. I don't know. I don't know what God's going to ask all of us. I do know this. He will ask. He will ask us to surrender things in our lives that hinder the flow of oil, not only in your life, but to others, because when it gets poured out, it gets refilled. And when it gets poured out, empty vessels get touched. People get blessed when we give our lives away. And there's always points of contention where it's like, yeah, but I don't want to give that. Not the gulf, not the last jar of oil. Can't you see? That's my last resource. That's all right. You gave me your whole life. Give me that, and we're good. And so uh, it's a struggle. Lord, may you give us strength to make good decisions when you're asking us to surrender things to you. Because I know, Lord, that every time we surrender something for you, life flows. And oftentimes, many people get blessed because of decisions we make, decisions to be selfless and to be uh, less about ourselves and more about others. And, and so, Lord, give us the strength, really, when we hear your voice say, this is, this is an area of your life I'd like you to change, to, to, to do it, Lord, to give it up, to pour out our oil. It wasn't easy for that widow to pour out her last drops of oil, Lord. It's never easy to give up the things we, we feel like we, we need, we, that we depend on, we rely on, even things we love. But, Lord, if it will release, if it will release your power to touch lives and to help us and help others, then I pray you would give us the strength to not only hear what it is you're asking, but to do it. And I pray it in Jesus' name.